Coming to you live from Star Worldwide Networks in Scottsdale, Arizona. Be, dream, do. Living by design. The radio show is focused on people sharing their stories of how they were able to understand what they were really passionate about and had the courage to dream big and then did it. Now, join the conversation with your host, David. Well, good morning, listeners. Welcome back to Be Dream Do Radio. This is your host, Dave Whitehorn with Sun Sean. Hey, good morning. And we're here with the magnificent producer here, Robin Cote. How are you doing, Robin? Doing good, David. How are you? Doing absolutely wonderful. Great to uh, be with you and everyone else uh, who's listening to us right now. Uh, this is uh, an anniversary, a one-year anniversary. So this time a year ago, we had Mona Dixon, who was uh, Global Youth of the Year for Boys and Girls Club, and she kicked off our show. And Robin, I want to thank you very, very much. For an outstanding year. Well, thank you for a wonderful year as well. Yeah, it's just been absolutely outstanding. And, um, you know, it wouldn't have been possible without uh, 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 Dave Pratt's uh, abundance uh, mindset and uh, his participation, his leadership as the, um, as the host, the master of ceremonies at the Boys and Girls Club event back in 2017. He did a wonderful job, and then he actually donated the show. Wow. Uh, you know, so that's how big of a heart Dave has and the love he has for the Boys and Girls Club and, quite frankly, the community that, are, that surrounds him. And um, so and I, we've shared this story before, but um, uh, we're here as a result of, of, uh, of a bid that we made on the sh- you know, for the show. And we've been treated like royalty. So yeah. just really, really, really appreciate it. Except the first day, because I remember being two minutes late because I got stuck in a massive traffic jam. And I got texted from Ed and said, you know, you're supposed to be here. You have a new show starting today. <laughs> <laughs> and I was only at the network for, I think, just a little under a month. And I'll never forget it because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in a hurry. I'm almost there. But I was stuck in traffic for like an hour and a half. Oh, you know, I, I, had, <laughs> I hadn't even forgot that. I mean, that's kind of those things that. don't even stick, you know. I walked in two minutes. Yeah. after your show started and yeah. rob trigg was sitting in my chair and i just yeah. had oh, thank you rob thank oh you. no 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 worries and so like <laughs> they say you know don't sweat the small stuff <laughs> exactly and everything of small stuff pretty much <laughs> i mean um when this show first started yeah. and the first day i was super nervous because my dad was like we're gonna i got our year for a radio show yeah and uh I was like, okay, I want to do it. You know, yeah, I want to help yeah. you, whatever you want. I want to help yeah, you because, yeah. of course, I'm an aspiring actor, whatever entertainment industry. I want to be out yeah. there and do whatever I can. Yeah. And then he's, you know, it took a while. He's thinking about it. He's like, you know what? Let's do this. So it brings me on the show. But then I didn't know exactly what you wanted. Yeah. Um, That's because I didn't know what I wanted. And, and you know, <laughs> I still don't. <laughs> yeah. And he's a, you know, professional coach, all this experience, <laughs> works with a lot of different people. Yeah. And surely bringing in, uh, Amazing people who accomplished a lot on their way to accomplish a lot big dreams. Right, right. And um, I'm just here trying to be an actor. <laughs> no, <laughs> and so, no, And no. so I was like, oh, man, I don't know what to say. What's this all What about? is this about? Yeah. Do I want to, like, you know, uh, what's the right question, the wrong question? What's right. the, how do we do it? And then, so I didn't even remember you being late or, on, or any of that <laughs> stuff because yeah. I was just here, I, like, um 
I don't remember it either. Yeah, what? Are, well, uh, you know, it's that whole I think about thing. My questions. I got my notes. It's <laughs> like it's like you, Sean, when you show up to set. If you ever show up to set a few minutes late, you're like, don't don't even bother coming to set if you're late. And yeah. so I was like, oh my god, I am on. This was the first day with this show, and you know, I'm such yeah. a perfectionist when it comes to that. Yeah, no, no, you've always you've been great, Robin. <laughs> and you know, I do recall where we had a couple of guests. Who were literally, you know, just in time. Yeah. <laughs> and we had backup plans. Remember, Robin? We had oh, some. Oh, yeah. Bre- certain. I'm not going to name who they were, but, uh, you know, because we've all been there, right? So, but uh, I remember when we were in Sweden, um, um, boy, they certainly taught me something about punctuality. As a kid growing up, punctuality was part of, part of who we were. Um, but then when I went to Brazil and then later Mexico, party uh, town, right? You know, it was, yeah. you know, if, <laughs> if you, well, if you showed up, I showed up at a, a, for a party that was supposed to start at 10, right? So I get there at 10 o'clock, knock on the door, the lady opens the door and she says, what are you doing here? Kind of a thing. You know, she was more polite than that. Right. And, and, and I said, well, I'm here for the party. Um, that's supposed to start at 10. And I looked at my watch. She goes, yeah, it's only 10. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went around. I came back at 11. And then finally some people were there. So. I'll be there in an hour means it, it, maybe like four or five. Yeah. So anyway, in Sweden, it's punctuality is like really, 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 really huge. And I remember I had a boss one time. He says, you know, early is on time and on time is late. That's a, that's. I mean, that's punctuality with a capital P, right? So. And, you know, I want to share something with you, too, yeah. since it is your year anniversary. Yeah. And I've been doing this for 31 years, so a little over a year here at Star Worldwide. Yeah. And I can honestly say, when I look at your interviewing approach, Dave, right, right. I see you kind of like, you know how Dave Letterman has his new show where he sits back and he has this sort of like very casual style of interviewing? Mm. That's who you are. You're very approachable. You make the person you're interviewing feel so extremely comfortable. It's like you two are sitting down having a nice conversation over a fireplace and just kind of chatting. Sean, you say you were nervous when you started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I have actually seen you like a butterfly pop your way out of the cocoon and just blossom. And yeah. just within the last six months or so, you have really taken a hold of that microphone and you have owned it. Nice. So I look at it this way. You may think that's because you're an actor, but no. I think that is something that's within inside you. I've always been told that if you can step behind a microphone and do those kind of things naturally, that's a natural gift you have. So never doubt that you have that ability to go in front of a crowd, to get on a microphone, and just be amazing. Because now I see this guy walking in here, and he's all... Bright, shiny face, smiling every time I see him every Tuesday. So that I have seen you grow in so many ways. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, sometimes he comes up with some questions. Go, wow, where did that question come from? Right. Right. I mean, I got to get some uh, sunglasses now. If he's David Letterman, I'm going to be the... The ball guy with the glasses. Oh, Paul. What's his name? (laughs) (laughs) The band leader. There you Uh, go, Dave. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) So, you know, um, we've had... You know, and I, when I when I first started with the show, you know, uh, Dave introduced me to Ed, and Ed and I had a couple meetings together before we actually started, right? And so, I told Ed, I says, you know, I'm just curious about this whole thing, and it had to do with this survey that I've repeated several times. So I'm not going to get into the details, but the net net of us is that you know only ten percent of the people that are at work are really love what they do. And it's just what a waste, right? Yeah. So, 
And I told Ed, I says, you know, so we got this thing, you know, and, and uh, you know, really excited, curious, never had a radio show before. Uh, can't spell radio, to be honest. Can't <laughs> spell interview. Uh, so, but I'm curious about how people are able to find work, jobs, uh, passions, whatever, that they really love. Yeah. And and so I have to, we have to say collectively that, we're deeply indebted for all of those, the 52 people that came onto the show, or 51, I think. Actually, no, Santa was 52. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so um, the people that came on the show and then shared you know, their, their stories with us, right? Wouldn't it be 50? We had a couple of recaps. Oh, yeah, that's Maybe. right. We had a couple of recaps. That's right. So um, Very inspirational, though, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and, you know, one of the things is that it wasn't like step one, do this, step two, do that. I mean, some some had certain approaches that were that were linear, but um, and we'll talk about some of those things here in a minute. But it was really, you know, there's not one answer for all. You know, there's just not yeah. not not one answer for all. It's more of just like a mindset to to go after. Yeah, yeah. I think mindset is. When I hear the word mindset, I hear heart. I hear mm-hmm. soul. I hear your head's in it too, right? It's kind of like everything's all connected. And, and maybe other people, when they hear mindset, they hear other things, but that's what I hear when, when, you, know, when you say that. Yeah, it's more than just an attitude. <laughs> because it's like even, you know, when, these, when uh, the characters that were like, or sorry, I guess were yeah. uh, in situations. <laughs> characters might be appropriate. <laughs> For a lot of them, yeah. yeah, yeah. When so. These characters, um, right. they were in different situations in their life and they were still like, happy or you know they weren't because they had that mindset because they had that outlook this is Mm. this is taking me from here to there this is going to be necessary step right this is just where i am right now right and uh that's why i say mindset right no absolutely um you know so uh, you know some things that i was just jotting down that i thought were really salient themes um pretty much all, all year long and it all started with really uh, being very authentic with whatever, whoever you are. And, and, and I would say without exception, everyone really had a foundation in their authentic self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one person who, you know, became successful imitating somebody else. And there's some out there that, that, that approach that, uh, or use that approach, I think, in some ways. I think eventually it catches up with them, but but I think that that authentic self is is what's really important, being very comfortable in your own skin. So I think it's I think it's important to to note that because I know um, all of us at one point in time we feel like you know we admire how others are, we see what they do, and uh, we attempt to emulate them, copy them. Um, and at least on the shell, so to speak, uh, we don't feel worthy of of you know of greatness or of brilliance. And so, I guess for the for the benefit of the listeners, that understanding that it, it to be really successful and to be really when I use the word success, I'm not talking about financial gain, although that could be part of it. Uh, it's also about good health. It's being fundamentally happy, which is which is really 
um, that in that space of being fulfilled and inspired, and then with that, through that you're able to serve others. You know, so in order to be there, it's not about copying others. That doesn't mean that you can't be inspired by others and take mm-hmm. bits and pieces, but only through your authentic self. And you're unique. You're you're unique in the world, right? Yeah. And um, and that's where the strength comes from. Well, I think what scares people in order to be authentic, you have to be vulnerable. Absolutely. And that I think vulnerability, yeah. That scares yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. when you see something from someone else you want to be like, let them inspire you, but right. don't copy them. Because as you said, we're all unique and we're all individual. Yeah. And we have to be comfortable in our own skin because none of us are perfect. Right, right. I feel like, um, yeah, definitely along the same lines, it's like, eventually you have to find your own voice and um you know you just kind of maybe you stick to what you like people inspire you and things like that but then eventually uh you just keep going forward and in that forward motion you will find your own voice and then i think yeah like you're saying that there is more success in that especially if you consider from an acting perspective you can't have everybody looking and acting exactly the same i mean it doesn't make any sense you need to find your you need to find your own voice because then you can be cast you can be that person you can be that character that they need you know, in fact, you know, the world is looking for unique characters. Yeah. Right? Not same. Yeah. Not sameness. Um, I guess the other word that comes to mind is once you know yourself authentically, believe in, in who you are and in what you can do. And so we heard people talk about, well, I can do that better. And we had one guest, uh, you know, talked about his dad who had a business. And he said, well, yeah, I learned a lot from my dad, but I knew I could take it high, to a higher level, right? Uh, we had the, a CEO on recently. He was my boss. You know, he said, you know, um, I knew what I didn't want. <laughs> yeah. And I knew if I had this plan that I'd be relatively successful if I, in his words, worked the plan. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, we had the, the lightsaber uh, guru, mm-hmm. right, who came on. And he really knew that, that if, he, if he worked hard with his martial arts and combined that with his love for lightsabers, he could do something with it. And doggone, he did. Yeah. You know, so that whole notion of belief, you know, I think it's like, if you, if you believe you can't, you certainly can't. <laughs> I mean, if you're, you're believing that at a heartfelt level, you, you're stuck and you can't get out of it. So I think believing in you that you can, with that sense of vulnerability, which is, so when you're vulnerable, you accept your, you know, your shortfalls, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, a lot of the guys, they set out plans, like you said, right. ideas, um, but they were realistic about it. They were still vulnerable in that moment where they were like, mm. well, if this doesn't work, right. I could try something else. We can, you know, like... Um, with a musician composer, he said, "You know, I'll give this until I'm 30." Right, and right, then, right. Uh, but it was it was sort of a plan, a design, and a direction right. of what he liked to do and what he was good at. And but he still had, he was still taking that risk. Right, and right. he and he was still being realistic about it, being that if this doesn't work out. I could do something else. Right, tried a new plan. And we had an example of the lady who who um, was able to design a, a fulfilled life. By serving the Girl Scouts of America, yeah, 
and she got jobs to pay the bills, right? But you know, I remember very clearly. You know, again, I said, "So how you know how did you work this? Where you were able to do Girl Scouts?" And she says, "No, you don't understand. Girl Scouts <laughs> is what I did. I got these other jobs so that I could do Girl Scouts." She had it and, all planned out from the beginning. I mean, it was like a slap in the face. You know, <laughs> David, you're not listening. <laughs> kind of like radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, lots and lots of different examples. Another another thing that was um, um, another word that came to mind is that once you know you really know who you are and you believe in who you are, um, then then practice that attitude of brilliance of ownership. Yeah. And 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 what comes to mind is uh, the gentleman who called in. He's a, he has his own business, entrepreneur CEO. He called in and he you know he he called in from India. Uh, if you recall, and he said, you know, Dave, uh, what's helped make me successful is that all my life and every job that I've had, I always saw myself as the CEO of that job. Yep. So in other words, you know, the chief executive officer of, and you just fill in the blank, whatever job that is. Now you talk about mindset, talk about mindset, mm-hmm. Right. So what happens when you're the chief executive officer of uh, of busing? Let's just let's just talk about this for a moment. So I can get a job, and by the way, I've I've done this right. So I mean, worked at a Mexican restaurant in Washington D.C. one summer, right? So you know, um, I wash dishes and I and I bust, and 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 you know, so that's a job. So how is it different if I see myself as the CEO of busing and washing dishes? So what, what's different about that? Basically, you're going to be serving the, the, the role and the function of the role. Okay. And you're going to be the best busser you can be because you'd be the busser that you would need and want to have right. as the CEO of the company. Yeah. You're going to be that example. You're going to be, right. you know, I'm going to be the best busser because I know that's what, that's what the company needs. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Well said, Sean. Robin, what are your thoughts? I was just going to say that. Lead yeah. by example. Yeah. Yeah. I think also uh, another word that comes to mind, and this this may sound weird because we're talking at this stage. I was just a busser, right? But I, the word vision comes. So in other words, while I'm there washing dishes, I have ideas. Mm-hmm. Ideas come to me, and I share those ideas openly, right? Um, and and I also try to collaborate with my with my colleagues, you know. Yeah. And 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 make something more of what of what I'm doing, and then another word that comes to mind, and again this kind of butts up against mindset, right? I take pride in the work that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a big difference between taking on a job as a busser, dishwasher, and a, and and then you know taking on that role as if you were the CEO, right? Yeah, it makes me think of two things. First yeah. is uh, it would also help in uh, because you're playing the different, you know, wearing the different hats in a company. Right, right. You're going to come up with ideas to make it more efficient. Yeah. Um, and your way up so that when you're running it, you can be like, well, because everything's about functionality. I mean, you get a person to design a restaurant and it's a beautiful restaurant and they open it and then opening day, the service is like, this doesn't make any sense. Right. 
like we can't go this way we can't you right. know these doors too small this hallway's here like right right they definitely have never been a server or a busser or whatever yeah they've never yeah they just don't know and then the other thing is so it builds a great foundation plan to know everything and yeah. have that mindset to build from the ground up and then the other thing it reminded me um who was the guy you said he was um did he work for nasa he was a janitor he was oh uh, yeah 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 so there's a there's a was it was it um i forgot who went uh, forgive me I, I i can't remember the exact context but uh there was a famous business writer who went to um to went to Cape uh, Canaveral okay and went up to the uh, guy who was cleaning the floor right one of the custodians and he said so what do you do and the custodian said well I help put men on the moon. And, I mean, he obviously was a CEO of, you know, of of the custodian yeah. role, right? That really explains it all. So imagine a whole company filled with people with that mindset and what that company could do. Absolutely. So the other thing is, I mean, we're talking about outwardly, uh, you know, this this mindset kind of thing. But what ha- what what do we feel? So what feelings do we have? Let's say I take that role as a, as a bus or dishwasher, and I'm just doing it right. Get there. Let's say I do a reasonable job, right? I get there at you know whatever time they get me. They want me there in the morning to get ready for you know the the lunch rush and. I stay as late as they want me to to clean up and whatever they ask me to do, you know. And I, you know, I get my my minimum wage plus or whatever. I don't know, maybe a little bit of tip sharing or whatever. I don't know. And I go home and da 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 da. Okay. Or I do the job as the CEO of busing. So how do I feel inside? What or are there any difference in feelings? Maybe maybe, maybe they're not. I'm, I'm being provocative. Confidence. Here. Okay. All right. You're very happy about being there. Mm-hmm. So I, I would think confidence would be the first thing that would come out of you and just being joyful and happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, your your whole attitude is completely different when you walk through the doors of your workplace. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, it also makes you think of the idea that um, you put the same amount of energy in everything you do. So, like, maybe that person will get out of work and then go home and... You know, if they're really passionate about that industry, um, taking classes and, you know, hotel, tourism, management, that sort of thing. So they're applying the same amount of energy and everything they're doing. And, yeah, they're more fulfilled, confident, more. Okay. Um, just always giving that. And it, it doesn't build, like, bad habits. You know, it's because uh, if you get starting lazy about one role or another role, and then you build these habits, and then when your real big dream comes along, and it's like, well, you got to make a change, right? You got, you know what I mean? It's right. like, so if you're keeping this continuous, um, like I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Right. We're doing this. This is why. This is why. This is why. Right. And then you, perhaps you'll have better habits. That's that's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, it's almost like if you decide to play, then play. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's not go halfway through it. Right. And not for the benefit of others only, because there is that aspect, for your own benefit, for your own feeling of self worth. 
There's another word that just popped in my mind. I don't know, I'm going to just throw this out. I feel when I have this role as the CEO of busing that I'm actually having an impact on what I do. I'm not just doing a job. I'm actually, I see the role that I play, and if I, when, when I do it well, it's making a difference. The servers are able to do their thing much more efficiently. Uh, the experience of the customers coming in and, and, and how that works, and if I have a, a spare moment, I'm not there just you know, picking up the dishes. I'm engaging with the, with the clients, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know how that is, how you feel when people start talking to you and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember I, was, I, had, uh, I had an engagement a couple of weeks ago uh, to meet uh, um, for a coaching engagement. And so I had an hour and I needed to catch lunch. And I just sat there by myself. And I st- struck up a conversation with the busser. <laughs> and he was, he was a black individual. Um, and, and, and I said, you know, I'm curious, you know, um, what's soul food to you? Educate a white man. That's what I told him. <laughs> he stopped what he was doing. He stopped maybe at the chagrin of, you know, you know the restaurant management. I don't know. <laughs> but he stopped what he was doing. Looked me right in the eyes. And, and he says, look, you know. In Houston, this is where you really get soul food, you know. And he talked about, you know, all the different kinds of dishes and barbecue and, and whatnot and fried chicken and all that. And it brought up some other dishes that I had, I had not heard of. But, but I felt good. I, I walked out of that restaurant, not just, I mean, the food was okay, but I'd go back just to see the guy. You got educated. I got educated. Yeah. yeah. He was a r- wonderful man, just a wonderful man. And even as a busser, you can tell he's really passionate about food. He's very passionate about food. Well, think about this, too. If you go to a Mexican restaurant and you're all sitting at the table waiting for the waiter or waitress to come at your table, the server, the first person to come see you is usually the bus guy bringing you chips and salsa. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that, that's, they're already taking that to a whole different level. They're not just cleaning up after you. They're bringing you something to feed your growling stomach that you really love, chips and salsa. You, you know, Robin, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. And sometimes I connect with those people because that's when I'm really the hungriest, right? <laughs> you know, I'm right on the cutting edge of, you know, if I don't get something now, I'm going to crash, right? And you speak Spanish too, which helps. Well, that, sometimes it helps. Sometimes it doesn't. So, <laughs> so um, the thing is I connect with the busser. And then the busser says, and Sally's going to be your server. No, you come back. I don't want Sally. <laughs> you I, want, I want you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's true. They'll introduce themselves so well. And, yeah. But maybe they're already thinking about their next move. Yeah. To become yeah. that server, to become the next step, to yeah. be, you know, in their path towards uh, running a business. Yeah. And in fairness to Sally, she was good all, all, also. <laughs> yeah. so that, that was fine. I'm not trying, to, not trying to throw Sally under the bus. Um, you know, the other word that comes to mind that was pretty consistent, uh, I'm going to use the word imagine. That everyone we had on our show shared an experience, maybe didn't use the word imagine, but shared, shared some sort of time in their lives where they sat back and said, I can see myself doing that. And again, fill in the blank, whatever that is. Yeah. Right? And that whole notion of imagination is authentic, right? So you're not doing that blindly, right? You're, you're doing it holistically, 
and also believing in what you're you're doing. And I, I guess that word imagination is an extension of your belief. Well, it's also extension of dream. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that that, but it's 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 the vision. That, I mean, they actually can see themselves doing it. Do you guys do you do you guys remember we had the Superior Court Judge of Arizona on, mm-hmm. right? He says he tr- he applied to be judge nine times. Yep. I mean, I would have quit at, I mean, the most I would apply would be three times. And a lot of times, you know, I, I would try, you know, I'd try once and not get some things while well, the universe is talking to me, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, then, and, then maybe, and then maybe the, I'll even try the second time. I get enough gumption, I'll try the second time, and then I'll get the feedback. And I'm like, well, you know, the universe really is talking to me, and I'm just not listening, right? No, he actually said, when I asked, how, how in the world could you do this nine times? He said, because I saw myself doing that job, and I knew I was qualified. I would say that's a very vivid imagination. It is. He could really see himself doing it. He really could. Yeah. And, and, he, he, yeah. and he believed in what he was doing. And in the meantime, he had a job that was paying the bill. I mean, a good job, right? So, you know. But um, powerful, powerful stuff. You know, we've said this a couple of times. Einstein said everything is energy. So what we're talking about is really an energetic profile that better serves us as individuals. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. So when we talk about this authenticity piece, if we felt that you could be more successful if you weren't who you are, (laughs) maybe we'd say that. Go do it. (laughs) Be another Dave Pratt. Go right after it, right? You know, uh, or name your successful person, right? Whoever you want to name, right? And, and, uh, but that's not true. To, to really maximize your energetic profile, you got to play from where you come from, mm-hmm. not where you believe you should be playing. Um, and that the whole notion of belief actually adds energy, and that imagination is extending that energy, mm-hmm. building on it. And like you said, that's the dream state, right? Mm-hmm. And, and some of our guests, you know, or many of our guests also mm-hmm. didn't necessarily have um, an entire design or a very specific imagination or just more of a direction. Absolutely. You know, they're like, I like this and this is what I do. And right. That was the extent of their B. They was just like, I, I want to go in that way. But, you know. Yeah, I think that's a very, very good point. Some had a very specific um, idea of where they wanted to go, like we had with the judge. And there were a few other cases. And then others were just interested or curious about something and then just let things evolve. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't take away from what was authentic to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It didn't take away from their belief in what they could do. And they also had the ability to imagine, but they were open to imagining a myriad of things and letting things evolve. Because once you make a decision, as beautiful as that is, then you've closed out all options, right? I mean, if you're really hard and focused on that decision. Mm-hmm. So, and we're not here saying what works or what doesn't work, right? right. And I'm going to bring up another word that's very related to this, right? Um, but all of them followed something with, uh, I think a word that was shared a couple times was curiosity, right? Where people were just, oh, what's behind the door? 
you know, mm-hmm. you know, what's maybe I can't see what's behind the door, but what's behind that? You know, let's open that up and let's see where that leads. Let's open that up. Yeah. Uh, but if you always brought in that attitude as like, I am the CEO of whatever I'm doing, good things are going to happen. People appreciate you more. Absolutely. And you appreciate yourself more. I mean, I know, uh, I mean, we all get into a funk. I don't care where we are in our station in life. We all get into a funk. And my funk is, is really caused, by and large, by my lack of activity as opposed to doing too much. And I get burned out when doing too much, but that's not a funk. That's fatigue. Right. And then you sleep. There's a remedy for that. You make time and you take care of yourself and rejuvenate, right? Yeah. But you land on your feet. But you land on your feet, yeah, and you build something, right? You're building something. So another word, uh, as we're just talking here, uh, that's consistent with everyone we had on our show. This is what I'm trying to think of is what, even though all the stories were different, there was there were certain words that so far I think we're all in alignment. All these words are pretty, pretty consistent. Another word was focus. Mm-hmm. Even those who, who kind of let things just kind of evolve, as things appeared to them, it's kind of like when you're driving, right? And while you don't know what the ultimate destination is, you'd see, all right, I'm approaching a town in the distance. I'm going to focus on that, or I'm going to focus on this road. There was a focus, and it was a very keen focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely all of our guests have been disciplined, mm-hmm. and focused, mm-hmm. and goal-driven, and... Mm-hmm. They just want a lot. They want, they want the most for themselves and yeah. out of life, and mm. not just uh, specifically the the greatest thing they're most passionate about, but also what their job, their successful career offers them. That you know they can find the happiness in life from the, what they're making and what they're doing, and taking pride in that. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a real good point. Uh, so he, this is one of the things that always bumps up against doing what we love, right? And that is, well, can we make a living at it, mm-hmm. right? And so there are different answers to that question. And, you know, one of the answers was, well, health is the new wealth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know. It's always been the wealth. So <laughs> <laughs> But the idea is, is that, you know, I want to be as healthy as I possibly can be because, Having a you know a lot of money and, and and not having my health certainly is not going to serve what I'm most passionate about. Um, and there are others who's you know who were very grateful for what life had been able to bring them financially that enabled them to do other things. And so you know um, you know some of those who were able to retire at 55 or at the age of 55 you know change their course leveraging retirement and then going off and doing something else because we can't all be personal trainers well absolutely <laughs> yeah, absolutely i mean you know with different functions in society yeah i mean well the biggest common denominator and i remember being a guest on your show at one time and with me hmm. leaving basically a company that i had built from ground up with my ex-husband right. leaving a very successful business and marriage, which the marriage was really bad. So that, you know, my health was in question because right. of the toxic atmosphere. 
and it was a decision I had to make. And being out of work for a couple of years was really tough. Right. Living off of savings and living off the house sale and taking care of parents and things. And you, the common denominator I've heard through a lot of people that were in that same type of situation is they got to a point where it was the breaking point. Right. And it's, you know, it's either me or everything else. So I got to start taking care of me because if I, if I don't, you know, emotionally, physically, whatever the case may be, then I'm not going to be around to be there for anybody else. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, there are so many common denominators and with myself, I had all these dreams, but I couldn't fulfill those dreams because I had to be a single parent years ago. And that was my driving force. That was my goal was to make sure I could do something. So, you know, it's like you said, the the lady with the Girl Scout, she worked all those other jobs so she could do the Girl Scout right, thing. Right. And that's what you have to do sometimes until it becomes to that point where someone gives you a job mm. or offers you a job that actually does pay for something you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. always that, that balance. You've got to figure out where that's at. And in a sense, your health is the most important thing. If you're not happy doing something, figure out a way financially to get yourself away from what's making you unhappy. No, that, that, that's, that's great, Robin. You know, what's, what's interesting about these different words that, that are, we're using that approach similar things that all, these, all, all our guests have, have shared is that they move from being a victim of their circumstances to actually being responsible themselves for, you know, for what they do. Is that personal responsibility, just like the decision that you made to leave that toxic atmosphere mm-hmm. and then go do something else. Uh, and, and then there are those who, depending upon the situation, there are different levels of toxicity. But again, if you go in with a CEO mindset, regardless, like going back to the busser analogy, right? Um, I don't care how crazy the restaurant was. This was my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Nobody can knock that off me. You know, I mean, I'm on it. And it's easy. I mean, if you, it's kind of easier in a way because the, the responsibilities are very simple for those roles, those smaller roles. The CEO right, right. has a lot of things to consider, a lot of. Oh, the, the actual com- company owner. Kind yeah. Of thing. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, the yeah, busser's yeah. role just has to bust tables and help the servers and maybe, you know, different things. Whereas I know different bussers might not want to be a server because then they have to. They have to engage with the customers. Right. They don't want to talk to people. They don't want, they don't to, want yeah. to have the face. Yeah. And um, so it's like that goes back to focus. Having the time to to know the value of your and importance of your role mm-hmm. and, and then honing in on that focus mm-hmm. and just um, excelling. And then you can stay there or you can take it to the next step and building and understanding the greater importance of the entire company. And like you'd said earlier, you know, you're establishing good habits that will carry you forward no matter what you do later on in life. Those things always continue. Whereas, whereas if you're just doing the job, you probably you know, get fired. You're gonna get. You may get fired. Yeah, yeah you may get fired. And I, certainly, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna excel at it. Generally yeah. speaking, yeah. and you'll be making money all along. Yeah. You know. You know and. Taking along your concept with the, the bus boy at the restaurant, the busser, 
my dad has been in a nursing facility for two months. And, you know, there's this young woman, and I just found out over the weekend that she's 30. She's African-American, but she is the most bubbly person Mm. I've ever seen. (laughs) The things that she has to deal with, because we all know how someone who's sick or hurting acts. We know how some of the older generation gets to be. And my mom will go in there with a nervous mindset, and she will, you know, almost like, want to verbally attack them for something that's not even their responsibility, like lost clothes or something. And I've had to sit her down and talk to her. I said, mom, look at this young woman. She comes in here. She helps with this other person and gets dad up to go to the restroom, gets him up, puts him in bed, gets him up, puts him in the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. I said, look how she comes in this room. Every time we're here, she comes in a, it's an African American Disney princess. Let me put it to you that way. She comes in, she's just like, you know, she's singing, she's having a great Mm. time, she's just smiling and giggling, and I'm just looking at this woman going, damn, I so love you, (laughs) you know, and I tell her every time we see her, I thank her for everything she's doing, and then I have to go and talk to my mom for a Mm. little while and say, mom, back off, it's not her fault. I said, remember, they have a tough job to do, and she, we need to let them know how much we appreciate what they're doing because then they'll keep coming in here and helping dad when he pushes the buzzer, when he needs help. And they're going to remember the wonderful people because they have a tough enough job as it is to do everything from bathing to lifting to yep. um, having people yell and scream at them 24-7 because they're right. not feeling well. And this woman is just absolutely amazing. And I adore every time that, because I don't like sitting in that place either, but every time I'm there and she enters that room, it just takes this load off of me. And I look at her and say, wow, that woman really loves what she does. Mm. And I don't know how in the world she could, because it would drive me crazy. That's a, that's just a beautiful example right? of you know, how she's able to touch the lives of others. And so good on you. For making the time to, to thank her. Uh, oh, I, I have to do it every time because my mom will literally get upset from the minute we walk in. And I'm just like, chill, mom. Quit. This yeah. is not the place to do this. You can do it in the car. <laughs> I did have a, a friend that I wanted to have on the show that was, uh, uh, she was a nurse. Now she's a paramedic, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know the, the word for it. Where they go? In first the, responder. First responder. Right. And uh, but she's too busy; she can't be on the show. But I, and <laughs> she's out saving lives. She's out there saving lives, doing you know. That's but, important. But I, I think uh, definitely caregivers, caretakers, it's an amazing, most commendable uh, career profession. And I think it goes back to mindset. It's mm. you know what are you getting from it? What are, you know? I got to I got to think they believe in that. The beauty of helping others. The, the beauty of giving, the, right. the, the most rewarding to them. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for the birds to be flying around her head and chirping when she comes in every time, <laughs> just like the Disney princess, because she cracks me up. <laughs> One of the other um, uh, words that come to mind that was consistent with, with everybody, and that's the word act, the mm-hmm. simple word act. And... You know, we just had uh, President's Day yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious about quotes. So I was posting a couple of quotes 
started last week. I posted a quote on George Wash from George Washington, and 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 then um, John Adams, who was our second president, and then and then Thomas Jefferson the third. And <clears throat> I'm going to read what Thomas Jefferson said, which speaks to this about acting. So. Do you want to know who you are? Sounds like he's been on the radio, right? <laughs> Think he knows Be Dream Do. Do you want to know who you are? Don't ask. Act. Mm-hmm. Action will delineate and define you. That's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. That is pretty powerful. And um, so I thought I'd just share that, but... Every one of our guests reached a point where they, you know, they did all this this internal work, but they were out there doing it. Mm-hmm. And and we even, I say, it, you know, we had this guest. Oh, I was really impressed with this lady. She had, uh, I think her name is Jennifer Barney, if I'm not mistaken. She actually had led several workshops, right? Uh, with some 50 people in attendance, mm-hmm. right? And uh, took a group to Paris, yeah. right? So when I ask her, you know, the qualifying question to be on the show, do you love what you do? Yeah, I really do, Dave, but I don't have a business card, and I don't have a website. And I said, look, you've got it right you're already touching people's lives when so many of us, myself included, thought, I need to have a business card, I need to have a website before I can do anything. And what she was doing, she was just using, um, what was it? uh, No, Instagram. She was using Instagram. She was using Instagram to connect with people. And she was getting people to her workshop. Because she was sharing her story. She's being authentic and real. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just, so it's kind of like this, you know, the law of attraction. We haven't talked a lot about that. But, again, it's this energetic profile. Uh, and she was so predisposed to act that she, as, as our president, Je- Thomas Jefferson, said, her action delineated and defined her. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. We were talking about... yeah. Um, People we might know that would want to work with her, and like uh, it was the uh, retreats, right? That's absolutely right. We knew yeah. people that would want to yeah. do yeah. the uh, contribute to the retreats that yeah. she's doing. You know, uh, she was starting, she was building something, and people wanted to contribute. When you start building something, people want to help out sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, put it in motion. So anyway, we say you know know yourself, uh, being very authentic, uh, and that means being vulnerable in that in knowing yourself, accepting what you can't do, right, and willing to learn from others, believing in yourself, um, having the audacity to imagine seeing yourself doing something, and then having that focus, that discipline, and then acting on it. And then the next word that comes to mind: repeat. <laughs> yeah. Repeat. Repeat. And we talked to the diplomat, right, who was, um, you know, uh, worked for the U.S. government, not known as the most agile, you know, employer-friendly type organization. I'm just saying that just as a 
kind of a whitewash, okay, mm. never having worked for the U.S. government, I really don't have any personal testimony. But just based on anecdotal comments that I've received from others, um, and, I, and so I said, you know, geez, um, you love what you do. So, so what is this? I love to learn about other people and be with people very different than I. But how are you able to put up with the bureaucracy? His response was, oh, that was nothing. I mean, yeah, sure, it's there. And, yeah, it was painful sometimes. You know, it was painful sometimes. But if I, every time I stopped to think about it, I was getting paid to, and trained to schmooze with the leaders of the world. I couldn't believe it. You see that mindset? You see how that feels different? Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about feeling important. I mean, and he speaks like four or five languages. Turkish, German, French. His English isn't too bad either. Oh, Arabic. I miss Arabic. Yeah. And, the, and, the, you know, and he got paid to learn these languages. Yeah. It's not like he had to go off, you know, and, you know, study languages on his own and then apply for a job. No. I mean, he had one language under his belt when he applied, I think. But after he got hired, the government paid him to learn these languages. I can't believe I love this stuff. Crazy. So that whole notion of just repeat, repeat, repeat. And then new doors were open. And I think a, a good key is to, to go with a good company. And the... A lot of times, people that I've known that have been happy, they've gone with good companies that yeah. they've had to find success in that. They have opportunities to grow in, and they have uh, very rewarding opportunities. Yeah, and I think that's why it was important to listen to someone who uh, had been a very successful business leader mm-hmm. who worked for a very, very good company. And uh, I think that was helpful because it's not, again, it's not one story for all. Mm-hmm. S- most of the people that we had on were entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, yeah. right? Just to be clear. Yeah. Um, we had approached other people who were doing other things. And quite frankly, it was lack of availability that prevented them from coming onto the show. But they had similar stories that the, um, that the, the, CEO, the, the CEO working for a large company had. So there's certainly benefits uh, to that, it's interesting enough. You know, I follow uh, LinkedIn, and they have like a daily update. And so on LinkedIn, they had uh, a comment about uh, choosing a company that aligns with your values to the extent possible. So, like for example, um, you know, what's the mission of the company, and to the to the extent that you can align yourself with that mission, you're going, to, you're going to have a stronger energetic profile to be successful in that company. And I'm wording it that way very, within, very intentionally, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be less resistance. You're going to have less resistance to do a good job, just like that diplomat who had all this other stuff to deal with. It wasn't a big deal because he had so much positive energy from all the other stuff, right? And how do you choose a good company? That's tough. Well, you know, so the idea is is that you start with what's the company do, right? 
Mm-hmm. What's the company do? And uh, as opposed to what can I make there, uh, that's probably a, a, that's certainly a valid question. But that comes after what does the company do and do I believe in, in, in what that company's doing? The values. The values, yeah. And, and you know, so there's, there are a myriad of companies out there, you know. Uh, and everyone has a different perspective of what that company does. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, banks, some people say banking is not the career that would be attractive to some. And yet others would say, you know, banking really does make a difference in people's lives mm-hmm. where they're able to provide loans uh, they're able to provide the customer service. Uh, you know, it all depends on a, on a perspective. So that's a personal question where we can't hear, sit here and preach what that is. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you can work for a nonprofit organization. On the, on, and we are, we had the uh, the CEO of of Mesa United Way on. Yeah. And you know, he shared that story. Uh, we also had Candice Liuzzo who talked to us about uh, foster children, what she was so passionate about. So there are lots of opportunities out there. I know people, and we didn't come on the show, but lots of people that work with uh, with veterans, you know, and, and do a lot of great work with with uh, veterans who've returned to, you know, come back, and you know they do very well in the work once you know in the military, and then they come back, and there's not really a plan on how they fit into society. So there's lots of different, you know, the world is abundant mm-hmm. with opportunities. So I mean, if there's one message I just want to leave for everybody is that the opportunities are truly abundant. Mm-hmm. And then what we, it's up to us to, you know, to, uh, to follow this process of know, believe, imagine, focus, act, and then repeat. And, and, and I just wanted to say just a couple of things. There are spinoff benefits that come from this. Like I said earlier, in that set of that mindset, we're now in control of our own happiness. We're not victims of circumstances. Right, so we feel more empowered, and with that additional empowerment, we're more, we have a stronger energetic profile, and a stronger capacity for success in whatever we do, right? And everybody appreciates it. And everybody appreciates that. Win, win, win. And the other thing is, is that our brilliance truly shines in that place. Our brand is built authentically, so people better understand who we are and why is brand important. Because at the end of the day. It's our, it's our ability to be perceived as who we are. It's who we are, exactly. And, and to influence others. It's all about brand. Reputation. It's perception, right? Mm-hmm. You know, perception's everything. And then that last piece is resilience. So you talk about repeat. I don't care how strong you're humming. And let's just use Tom Brady, and a lot of people are going to turn us off as soon as you're Tom Brady, right? The goat, right? But, but the thing is, is that there's no denying he's been very, very successful, but he does, right? And I got to think that he, he follows all this stuff. And he had a hard ro- road to climb from an athletic perspective. And he wasn't gifted um, uh, athletically as much as some other, other players. I'll just say that, right? I mean, that's what he says. But the idea is, is that, you know, let's just say no one could really have a career as good as his. I mean, that's a fact, okay? And statistically, anyway. And, and yet, how many times did he throw interceptions? How many times did... You know, did he get sacked? How many times he got injured? And, you know, so on and so on and so forth, right? And plus his personal life, you know. Mm-hmm. He had a girlfriend. I think they had a child, and, you know, and it broken up. And you know, I'm not saying anything that's not public, you know. Yeah, I'm not yeah. telling any secrets, Tom. So well, don't not he married Giselle, so yeah, he's not doing too bad. Yeah, so he, he remarried and all that. So that's I don't all know working. anything about it. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, no, 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 but she also said, that, you know, hey, Tom, I'm a witch, but I'm a good witch. But that's another story. Mm-hmm. My point is this, and that this whole notion of resilience is what's really important. I threw an interception. Okay, no worries. It's not the end of the day. I fell. I arrived two minutes later, whatever, which we all forgot. See, see how you've been carrying that? You've been carrying that as baggage all this time. We forgive right? you, Robin. We, you're forgiven. Thank you. yeah. We forgive you. Yeah, we can <laughs> take this you. moment <laughs> a year later. We yeah. forgive you. I want us to say one more thing, and that is um, we had um, a friend calling from Colombia who actually worked uh, Reiki. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. him. And uh, he actually led a group through Ho'oponopono. I don't know if you've heard of that a little bit, Ho'oponopono, which is. Uh, um, all about forgiveness. So uh, I just want to recognize that because we just bumped up against that a little bit about forgiveness. <laughs> and, and by the way, that forgiveness of letting things go also buoys up our energetic profile. Absolutely. You know, so, um, you know, we have just a couple minutes left here. It's just been a fantastic year. I want to thank Dave Pratt, Ed Vanderlee. Uh, Rob, what's Rob's last name? Trig. Trig, yeah. I, I knew that and I just, yeah, yeah. Rob Trig, Rob, forgive me on that. You did a wonderful job with the voiceovers and uh, always very, very supportive of our show and all this. And uh, Robin Cote, yeah, just a wonderful, just outstanding. Don't make, you know? Don't make yeah, me Yeah, so not, not just what you did technically, but as, as uh, we tried to encourage you to actually be a participant on the show, we invited you on several occasions, and uh, you were real quick to uh, to respond, and the show was richer for it, so certainly appreciate that. Well, your show has made me richer for this last year. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Sean, any words? You said it. You said it. Definitely been a great year. It's been awesome, and we've learned so much, and it's been really exciting. And last but not least, listeners, thank you all so much uh, for you being curious about... Um, how to be and dream and do. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, do what you love. And love what you do. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining David and his guest. Make sure to catch Be, Dream, Do, Living by Design every week right here on StarWorldWideNetworks.com. 